0: That's blue Nile.com. of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. I want to wish all our listeners a happy new year. This is our first recording since Christmas. Uh, but as always, in the new year also, we're going to throw it straight to Jake Jackman, who's going to take us back to what seems like ages ago, but uh, the uh, New Year's Day fixtures and the ones surrounding that, if you don't mind, Jake.
1: Yeah, so starting on the New Year's Day was uh, Millwall beating Luton 3-1 in the early kickoff uh, Nottingham Forest beating in Blackburn, 3-2. Middlesbrough, another informed team going away to Preston and getting a 2-0 win. QPR battering Cardiff at home, 6-1. Hull getting a rare away win against uh, Sheffield Wednesday, 1-0. Reading beating Fulham, 2-1. Uh, Stoke beating Huddersfield, 5-2. Wigan beating Birmingham, 3-2. Brentford beating 10-man Bristol City, 4-0. West Brom and Leeds, are two, the two, the current top two, drawing one all. Um, and then moving on to Thursday, we obviously had the Wayne Rooney show where Derby won <laughs> 2-1 against Barnsley. Uh, and then Swansea beat Charlton 1-0
0: um, to put their bad home form sort of behind them somewhat. Let's see if we can uh, make that the last Wayne Rooney comment, Jake. I know Sky Sports are failing to do so, but let's uh, obviously talk about the big wins and surprises from those fixtures. I've got four written down. I'll let you go first and see if we've got any similar. Um, so, yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, it was definitely one of those. Uh, it, it felt like sort of the last day of school. You know, everybody was it, everybody was tired of the Christmas fixtures. There's a lot of goals. Um, I think it's, it's difficult to really look at these results and think they're, they tell us a lot about the teams. I think it was just yeah, I get that one yeah. of those days. But um, I think for me, the big wins have got to be Middlesbrough going away to Preston. Uh, Preston have got a pretty mm. good home record. So to go away and win 2-0 without conceding the goal was, was really good. And Middlesbrough being one of the informed teams over Christmas, they've picked up a, a lot of wins. Um, up to 16th now. Four wins on the bounce. Jonathan Woodgate, we spoke about him maybe possibly losing his job, but He's really turned it around there, and he's shown why they stuck with him. Uh, Obviously, followed that up with a a really good performance in the FA Cup to get a replay against Tottenham as well. So, really on the crest of a wave there. So that was a a result that that was worthy of comment. Um, And I think another one for me is probably the Nottingham Forest game. Um, They've been a little bit better recently, make it three wins in a row. But that was a tough game against Blackburn. no, they haven't won in four now, but they they had been playing some really good football prior to that. Um, and I thought that Blackburn would go there and, and, and win, so it surprised me. And, and Forrester, they're a difficult team to predict, but they're really turning it back around now and seem to be secure in that playoff space, which, which is really impressive. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you've uh, obviously picked some decent games there. Um, I've still got three listed. I did have, obviously, Borough's win at Preston. was was a, a huge win for them, What's seeing them climb the table. Uh, so I'll follow in similar circumstances, and I'll mention Reading, who were on a great run of form also, like Borough. Uh, going to Fulham and winning 2-1 in that game, um, I always fancy Fulham at home. Uh, especially with the firepower we talk a lot on this podcast about. Um, but yeah, Reading again, uh, managing to win four on the bounce now. On um, 35 points, sat in 14th. And I've seen a few people actually on Twitter now saying that Reading could be a dark horse for the playoffs this season. And they are only six points off sixth position. Uh, so that was a huge win for them. Uh, I can't not mention uh, the probably the biggest surprise, uh, was QPR winning 6-1 against uh, Cardiff. It uh, was a huge result, wasn't it? Uh, Nacky Wells getting an hat-trick, I'm sure I'll talk about in the next topic. Um, but Cardiff, obviously, on that great run of form, uh, doing so well recently, and uh, another tip that we've talked about for getting in the playoffs this season and potentially going up, uh, getting that drubbing by QPR, who were below them in the league, but also needed the points like... Uh, Reading and Light Middlesbrough that we've talked about. So that was a a huge win for them. You could say it was just, you know, like you say, a New Year's Day game. That was a one-off fixture and, you know, teams are tired. But I don't think many people would have predicted that result. Uh, And then the other one, I'm going to pick out another team, what a... Picking up of late and managed to get three wins in the last six and now out of the relegation zone was Stoke winning 5-2 at Huddersfield. Um, as you said, loads of goals on New Year's Day. Uh, historically, there has been, hasn't they? Uh But yeah, to go to Huddersfield, who have, you know, <laughs> picked up and then, you know, a, a slowly, you know, showing signs of losing a few games again recently. Uh, but that was in many ways, a six-pointer that game uh, based on the positions that were prior to kick-off. And, and, yeah, that's taken Stoke outside of the uh, relegation zone for the first time, I think, in a long while. Um, and managing to score five goals along the way. So, do you want to talk about player of the week as well, Jacob? Player, player that you'd like to pick out from these games? Again, I've got a few listed, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah,
1: I've got a couple. Um... I, I I might leave the obvious ones for you this week, Louis. I've got a couple that that might not be obvious. Um, okay. First one comes in the Millwall game. Obviously, that was a big win. We didn't talk about, but they're up on the, the the fringes of the playoffs now. And I thought Jed Wallace in that game was really really good. Um, if you look at his his overall stats for that game, it was it was a complete performance from him. Four shots, seven key passes, one dribble, three tackles. It was a very much an all action display, and I think. He's really coming on under uh, Gary Rowett at Millwall. He, mm, he's really yeah. emerged as the the talisman of that team. He he, he got an assist. He didn't score at, on New Year's Day, but he was definitely the standout player on the day. Um, and he he seems to to be coming on. Obviously, he's, he's had it sort of. He's 25 now. He's been at Portman. Feels that um I think he went to Wolves for a little bit. Um, then went to Millwall. So he's, he's been around a little bit, but he, he seems to really have found a home at Millwall. And I'm wouldn't be surprised if, I think this window may be coming a little bit too soon, but if in, if he maintains this, he's going to be one that uh, Premier League clubs are looking at in the summer, for sure. Um, and another one for me would be uh, Ben Rama, who's probably one we'll talk about later. Players that might move on this transfer window, because he was mm-hmm. excellent. Preston City going down to 10 men was uh, did help Brentford, but there's a, a front three you don't want to go down to 10 men against, it is Brentford. Um, Embramo, Watkins and Ben Rama, all getting a goal, Watkins getting a brace, but Ben Rama for me was was a standout. Four shots again. For him, five key passes, four dribbles, it was very, very good from Ben Rama. Um, probably a standout player. Um and I think he you could probably make a case for him being the best player in the championship um at the moment for me. I think he's yeah. so consistent and that front of three is is terrifying and when you think that what they've had previously, you know, more pays moved on. Um, and they, they just seem to just continue bringing in these players and they keep thriving there. Um, and Ben rama is without doubt the, the best player in that team now. And he was, he was outstanding at, at Bristol City and, and a joy to watch. Yes, it was against 10 men, but even against 10 men, you have to do the business. And he did just that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Ben Rama is a standout player from those games. I have also got Watkins down for his two goals, but you've touched on that fixture in, in that four uh, 0 win there. So uh, certainly those two players um, stood out. Although you know, as you mentioned, Bristol City they had a sending off, etc. But um, we keep saying, don't don't we, how, how good Brentford are and and how they would fly up that table, and, and they're currently sat in third, and I fully expect them to stay there. But yeah, Ben Rahman and Watkins, fantastic again. Uh, another player that I'd like to pick out, just because we don't often um, pick out Wigan players this season, based on, on where they are, 22nd in the league, but Josh Windass uh, managing to uh, get a couple of goals in the victory against Birmingham, uh, in that 3-2 win there, and... Um, Like I say, Windass often, well, or should I say not so often pops up um, in our player of the week. Um, You know, he can go a long time without scoring, um, but then, you know, suddenly manages to get a brace, etc. like he he has done in in these games. Um, Another player that I'd like to pick out would be uh, Tyrese Campbell uh, for his two goals and an assist uh, for Stoke in their 5-2 win that we've already talked about, uh, but he had a fantastic game, uh, did ever so well. And then the other one, uh, I know I've touched on him, but I'm going to talk about him a little bit more, is is Naki Wells. Uh, Naki Wells is a He's a good striker in this division, isn't he? But he just doesn't find that consistency. Whereas he managed to get a hat-trick in, like we say, a game that was crazy and no one probably predicted. Uh, but a, a hat-trick and an assist in that game now takes him to seventh in the top scorer charts with a 25% contribution to QPR's goals this season uh, with 11. And not only Wells, obviously we're going to, you know, probably touch about Eberiche uh, in the topics uh, or at least I know I will be doing, and, and he managed to score in that game. And and with those two strikers, QPR could be a team to look out for this season. Sat on thirty five points, it seems like they are adrift from Swansea in six, but it's only six points that are in it. And and if Naki Wells is finding form, and we all know about Ebiriche Aze, how how good of a player he is, he's one of the better players in the Championship as well. I think. Um, Yeah, they they could be one to look out for in 2020. Uh, So that takes us nicely into the topics, Jake. And now that we are in the new year, I want to ask you the question uh, simply, which team do you think is most overachieving and which team do you think is currently most underachieving as they are in the league at present? And what do you believe they can do in the remaining half of the season in 2020?
1: Um, I think overachieving, it, that's a difficult one, um, I think it's probably between two teams, uh, and that would be Forest and Swansea, purely because uh, the two teams that are in that Tour 6 at the moment, I, I wouldn't expect to be there at the end of the season, so, um, yeah, okay, that's for me why, but then the teams that I'd expect to be up there, I'm not sure if they'll actually catch them, so but, um, it's a difficult one overachieving, I don't really think anybody's really overachieving, mm. for me, um. No, I don't. I don't think they are. Yeah, I think you could have said Preston a few weeks ago, but they've sort of dropped off. I'd, I'd probably say Swansea just because the managerial change and some of the players that they moved on. Um, to be up there in the top six is a great achievement. Um, and obviously there, there's talk that they're bringing in Ryan Brewster from Liverpool, who's very highly rated. He's obviously not too proven at the moment um, in senior football, but that could have a potential to be sort of a Tammy Abraham type loan that we've seen in the past, and that could really benefit Swansea. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think they're probably the ones for me that are overachieving, but it's, yeah, it's it's a difficult one. Um, Underachieving, I think it's a little bit easier. Um, Yeah. I'd probably say, I'd probably say Stoke, because I thought they might have been up there in sort of the top six again. Mm. but We've made that mistake Two years in a row of Stoke, so <laughs> but even to be in 21st is quite poor. You know, if you look at Reading and QPR, Middlesbrough, um, Derby, Blackburn, Cut, those types of teams, none of them have got better squads than Stoke, so for them to be down there is pretty poor. Um, I think Nathan Jones was a little bit unfortunate at times, but it really didn't work out in the end, and yeah, they are underachieving, and the same with, same with Huddersfield as a relegated club from the Premier League to be down in 20th is, is really poor below you know Charlton, Birmingham, Middlesbrough, QPR, Reading it, it is quite poor um yeah those two are the, the main two that are underachieving for me um at this point so I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this, though, I'm looking at the table now and I'm finding it quite difficult but uh, maybe yeah. that's because I'm using recency bias to sort of influence <laughs> my thoughts I'm not thinking yeah, yeah. about what I was thinking prior to the season
0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, I'm going to follow on with what you said regarding the underachievers. I think you can't look past Stoke city. Um, And I know, you know, saying the same team as you is a bit boring, but it's like, if you go back to the beginning of the season, I think me and you and, and James, we all predicted Stoke city to be in that top six. And, and like you said, two seasons running now, um, you know you you look at the players that they have got and even the managers they had even when you go back to Gary Rowett there's no way they should be even you know they've picked up a little bit now and there's just simply no way they should be where they are in terms of hovering over that relegation zone with you know the, the players that were still you know on the books from when they were in the Premier League and you know I think that come the end of the season they won't be near the relegation zone I think that they will continue to go up in the league slowly but surely but I I don't think you can pick any other team as the biggest underachievers than Stoke City. So, uh, you know, we, we both agree on that. So in many ways, we, we probably are correct. The, the one what was a lot harder is, like you say, to, to pick an overachiever at the minute is very difficult. Now, this might come as a surprise because they've just lost, lost the last two games. But if you go back to Christmas and the last time we recorded, uh, Blackburn were on an absolute worldie of a run where they'd, they'd won you know a handful of games they were unbeaten in what seemed like ages and there were three four points of, of being on the playoffs and many people were touting them to you know maybe get fifth or sixth this season now they're still only four points of the playoffs and even though they are 13th currently and they've just lost two games i still think that they are my overachievers slightly um i know mowbray's a decent manager in this division and you know they've got decent players in, obviously Bradley Dark and, and Danny Graham comes up with the odd goal now and again. But for me, Blackburn, I think, will slowly start to drift again. Um, I'm not saying they're going to go down or anything like that because I don't think they will do. But based on where they are, four points off the playoffs, I think that's about their limit, if that makes sense. Uh, I still think they're a decent team. But if you were to tell, you know, if some, if I were to predict where they'd finish come what may, I'd say that they'll finish around fifteenth or sixteenth in this division, firmly above the relegation zone. Don't get me wrong, but that for me is probably the team that I'm going to pick out as my overachievers. Although I understand completely why you've said Forest and Swansea based on how, you know, Forest didn't have a great run of form until recently and now they've won three on the bounce again and they seem to be doing that and they're currently fourth uh, so same with swansea they they are also a team that are inconsistent and find themselves in the in the playoffs but that's this crazy division so uh, yeah for me underachievers like you is Stoke City and overachievers would be just, and it's probably a little bit unfair, but Blackburn Rovers for me. Um, Would you now like to pick, Jake, a a couple of teams that you want to talk about in 2020 that you feel may fare well or may fare poorly in the remainder of the season? And just briefly talk about them.
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to start with Barnsley because um, obviously fewest wins in the league, 23rd. Um, probably where they should be um based on the first half of the season but they i think there's real reason for optimism there now um yeah. with with Struber. i think he's he's really turned them all around rounded in in the style of play they're looking more threatening um wasn't in the championship but a three one win away to crew in the uh f a cup is only gonna increase um sort of the the positivity and increase uh, Confidence in the in the players, which is good. I think today they've gone and signed um, Marcel Marcel Ritz-Mayer from Struber's former club, and I have not seen a lot of him play. But from what I am reading, from notes that I have, they're saying he's he's quite a talented um, player. He's been capped by Austria, um, and that it's quite a coup for Barnsley to be getting it getting him in. Yeah, um, and I think there might be one or two more following from Austria. Um, so. And, and Barnsley have normally been quite good at recruiting, and the appointment of Struber suggests that you know very good at recruiting both players and managers. So I hmm. think they could be one to really watch over over twenty twenty. I think they're still going to be a championship team when we when we start next season. I don't think they're going to go down. I think I think I look up at sort of the the Birmingham's and the Choltons of of this world, and I think they're more likely to to get relegated. Um, yeah. It's really strong at the bottom this year. It's pit... The fact that Huddersfield and Stoke are there, but, you know, I don't really see... It's improving, it isn't it? it yeah. is, it's getting difficult. I think... I definitely think Barnsley are better than... They're better than three teams, though, and I think they're going to develop quite quickly. Um, so yeah, they're, they're ones for me that I think are, are going to be exciting to watch. It You know, maybe it might be one step too far to stay up, but, you know, it's only three points now. Um, and they've only lost once in their last six, so... It, it, it's not inconceivable to, to think they, they'll they stay up quite comfortably if they maintain this, and especially if they make a couple more additions that suit suit the style of play. It's not like they've been, um, they've been playing some pretty tough teams as well. they got a draw against West Brom. They, they drew away to Swansea who are in the top six, uh, lost yeah. to Derby. I think they were somewhat unfortunate playing Derby in that um, Wayne Rudy's first game. That was always going to be a difficult one for whoever that was against. And, Beating QPR, Millwall, so and that win over Millwall is huge because if you look at Millwall's recent form, it's 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 a lot of wins, a couple of draws, and there's that one loss to Barnsley. So I, I honestly think they've they've had a pretty tough run and they've come out of it quite well with any one loss. So yeah, for me, they're going to be an exciting team to watch, and I, I think they're going to stay up. Um, and I, another one which I think is going to be interesting to follow is um, I was going to go Millwall because I was going to be quite positive about them, but I think I'm going to go for. The hull, I think Hull are going to be interesting, uh, purely because of the future of, of Jared Bowen. If he goes, I could really see that whole team slipping down the table quite quickly. Mm-hmm. I think they've got too many points to be relegated this season now, which shows sort of the benefits of keeping Bowen for that extra six months. But they're a team that I could definitely see being in the in the relegation zone this time next year. Um, if it, if it doesn't go quite right. I think Grant McCann has done pretty well there. But the owners continually just hang their managers up to drive some of their sales. Slightly surprised they've kept Bowen this long, but surely he's going to be the next to go. Um, made a pretty good loan signing in, in Herbie Kane at the, at the weekend. who had a pretty good debut against the Obviously a big win for them coming back from behind to, to get through in the cup there. But they're still making a couple of decent signings, which will give supporters confidence but I just think that if you take a player of Bowen's quality out of any team in this division he's going to have a massive impact and I think that maybe not the relegation zone this time next year but I think they'll be in the opposite end of the table I think they'll be down in that 18th 19th 20th so it'd be interesting to see what happens there if they manage to keep hold of him this window which would be a huge surprise if they did considering his contract situation but if they did Maybe they'll get playoffs. So then, who knows what happens? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is, it's
0: fine margins.
1: Yeah, it it's massive fine. fine margins of Hull at the moment. Hull are a good sort of top eight, team, top sort of ten team for me. But if yeah. they lose Bowen, they'll quickly go down in down the table. And yeah, you know, I think it could. It all relies on Bowen, and if he goes, I think they're going to have a pretty poor
0: uh, end to the season for me. Yeah, it's an interesting one with Hull as it is with many teams. I can see why you've, you've chose them and, and I can see why you've picked Barnsley. I'm going to do a couple of teams in similar circumstances. I'm, I'm going to pick uh, at the bottom of in the relegation, I'm going to pick Wigan um, and I feel that 2020 is not Gonna improve much for them. Um, I always look at Wigan, and I know they've just come off the back of a great victory at Birmingham, winning three two. I, I talked about Windass with a brace, uh, but for me, Windass is probably as as good a of a player that you know Wigan have probably got. I really think that they just you know throughout the squad they're doing well to be a Championship team still. If I'm honest, um, you, you know they, they show glimpses last season of being a a decent championship side, but that's when they had such as Reese James on loan and it was scoring worlders at, at times and, you know, really, you know, tore some teams apart that, you know, they don't really have that player this season. I just think that they, they really lack quality and, and they would be, even over Barnsley and Luton, probably my tip to go down for certain this season. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of hate to say it, you know i've got no grievance with wigan football club i just think again you look at all the other teams in the division above them they've all got that you know added quality whether it's a striker who can score goals or a, a defense that can keep clean sheets i'm i'm really not sure with wigan they've conceded 39 this season um not quite scoring enough goals either um only won five out of 26 so that worries me and if I go to the other end of the table um I'm gonna you know I don't want to be biased but I'm gonna pick Sheffield Wednesday uh, and I know it's the club I support but the reason I pick Sheffield Wednesday is because we're one of those teams as well this season a bit like Hull who are consistently inconsistent we can go six games unbeaten you know winning four of those six and then like we've just currently done in the league we've gone and lost three in a row so yes we are in touching distance of the playoffs but the reason I picked Sheffield Wednesday is because there's still the EFL misconduct charts looming over Sheffield Wednesday so this season could Currently, you know it's not a bad season so far. You know, only two points off six, and in like say, in touching distance of the playoffs. But this season could suddenly go from a decent season into a really bad one, depending on, um, like say, the the misconduct charges. If if they are done sooner rather than later, which I don't think they will. I think this may go into next season with the ongoing battle between the EFL and and the football club. Uh, But if Wednesday are deducted points at any stage, whether that's, you know, 12 points or 21 points, you know, a relegation fight could soon be on their hands. So uh, for me, 2020 would look like... Sheffield Wednesday probably just finishing outside of the playoff spots if there wasn't misconduct charges in place by then. Uh, But otherwise, like I say, it could turn into a really bad season. Otherwise, if suddenly they deducted 15 or 18 points, as an example, and and that would, you know, in the current state, we're looking at the league, would take them straight into a relegation fight. So uh, I think... That's the reason I picked Sheffield Wednesday, because it's a really interesting and and in many ways, sorry state of affairs, because I really don't know how this season is going to pan out for for that side but let's talk something more positive jake let's touch on the january transfer window which has now arrived um i know we've mentioned a couple of players in there as well and and like the player of the week and i'm sure these names are going to come up again now but are there any key names or players you'd like to discuss that you expect to leave in january over the course of the next three weeks
1: yeah i think um bowen's got to be the obvious one um here um I don't think anybody would be surprised to, to know that probably both of us think he'll be uh moving on. Yeah. Um this uh, this uh window. They've obviously a lot of Premier League interest in him. Um he's obviously um running out of contract at the end of the season, so there's that as well. Um they won't want to lose him on a free and you know, the way he's played the season, uh, the amount of goals he scored, um you know, he's up there third top goal scorer with sixteen goals um, at at Hull City, and no disrespect to Hull, but they're not one of the best. You know, they, they're not one of the better teams in in the league. Like you expect, your top scorers to come from those top teams, and Hull, yeah. they're they're in ninth, but they're they they are built around that one player. Um, an addition to the goals as well. You, he has lots of chances. He creates a lot. He's, he's so talismanic. He's got six assists as well to the 16 goals. Um, and just following that up, really since Hull came into the championship the first season, they were the down. He got 14 goals, improved that to 22 goals. Um, If he stayed the whole season, he'd improve on that again. Um, so it's just solid improvement from Jared Bowen. Um, Surprised nobody took him in the summer. Some there'll be a queue of clubs going for him now. I've seen Aston Villa. I know that Newcastle have, have looked at him. Um, Tottenham, I think, have been linked. There's going to be a lot of interest in him. Um, yeah. And whoever gets him, probably be around the 15 million mark, which would be an absolute bargain. And he he's going to, Go and be a success wherever he goes. He's he's the obvious one. I think he's probably the best player in the championship, and he's he's gonna go on and. I agree. Yeah. And Improve that in the Premier League. I think Eze is another one. Um, he's been linked to Tottenham. He's been linked to a few other clubs. I think he's really exciting to watch. Gets on the gets on the ball. Beat a player only twenty one years old. He's got such such potential. Ten goals and six assists in a in a QPR team that you know they create. They they're very good going forward, but they're not. They're not one of the top teams again. But and if you look at his improvements this last year, he he played thirty seven he he played forty two times last year, thirty seven as a starter. He got four goals, three assists, and there's a lot of potential there in his performances. He was quite exciting to watch, but he was raw, raw in the final third. You look at him now, he's he's really improved his end product. Um, ten goals, six assists already. He'd probably go on and if he stayed the season, he'd probably get fifteen goals, ten assists, something like that. So he's he's been excellent. He's got uh Quite often he gets man of the match. His his passing is getting better. He's getting more involved. He's just come on a lot in the last six, twelve months. So yeah, he's another one that I wouldn't be surprised if he got picked up. Um, and then you could any anybody at Brentford. I think there's plenty there that could get picked <laughs> up. Yeah. You know, I, I could pick Watkins and and Ben Rama. But um, if you go further back into the team, you could probably say the uh, silver there could get picked up as well. He's been really impressive for. For Brentford this season, um, and Canos has been good um, as well. He's he's been a solid Championship operator. You know, any of these players would get picked up by yeah. Premier clubs and and be absolutely fine. So yes, it's, it's, there's a lot of talent there. Um, I think I think obvious. I think for me the obvious one's are Bowen because of his contract situation, and Q- and SA because QPR are not going to do a lot. They're not going to go down. They're not going to get in the playoffs. Um, at least I'd be surprised they did get in the playoffs. So they're at a nice point where they could sell him now. Um, whereas if you go up and you look at the Brentford players, I'm not sure. You know, them in third position, would they really want to go and sell Ben Rama? Probably not. Um, and if you look at some of the Fulham players as well, might be some interest in Mitrovic. A lot of Premier League clubs need striker, but are they are going to yeah. sell him in, in their current position? Probably not. So yeah, I think it, I think Bowen and Eze are the two obvious ones for me.
0: Yeah, I've got Bowen and Eze down on my list. Um, and I've put question mark against Eze. And I've also put a question mark against Ollie Watkins. And the reason I've done that is because, just like you said, a team such as Brentford aren't going to want to sell at this stage when they're third. Um, QPR are well, obviously one not going to keep. They want to keep as a he's he's probably their best player, but with the January window, it's hard to predict, isn't it? Because these players we can name, even Bowen, really. I know we we both agree that Bowen's probably one of the best players in Championship, if not the best. And someone's going to snap him up at some point for cheapest chips in in this day's market. But like I say, the, the January window's that difficult to predict because some clubs could. um Put a deal in place that sees players like this, your Bowens and your Watkins and your SAs move. Then in the summer, and um, there's more chances, you know, players moving on transfer, isn't there? When it gets to the next window in in the summertime after after what the Euros will be. Um, so to to pick players in January is difficult. I think it's more unlikely to see a player like Watkins or Eze move, even though the the interest in in both these players is is going to be rife. So what I've done in that case, I've picked out three more players that I could really see moving on in the January window that might be, um, I don't want to say more realistic because these deals could certainly get done. But what I've picked out is three players that, again, is a lot of interest, but they're probably... Cheaper to buy, and and you know, in in that in that sense, uh, could be could be picked off in the next couple of weeks. So the first player I'm going to mention is Lyle Taylor at Charlton. Again, a lot of interest in that guy. Um, I know he's you know the wrong end of thirty now, um, and he's been around for a while, but he's he's proven himself in this in this division, isn't he? Uh, For Charlton, managed to score a lot of goals for them. Again, probably their best player this season. and not only that, like we say, with Lyle Taylor, the team can probably pick him up at, you know, again, cheap as chips. Um, I'm not sure of his contract situation. I think he's out of contract in the summer. So he'd probably move for, you know, two, two and a half million pound. Um, so he might be a decent signing for somebody. Um, another one would be Bogle at Derby County. I think he's available for around, is it seven, eight million? I've seen a few uh, clubs um Showing interest in him, whether that would again be done and get over the line in January, I'm not sure. You never know when it gets to that last few days, do you, before deadline day, anything can happen. But Bogle could be one that I've seen move on to to somebody like a West Ham or an Aston Villa. Uh, And then the other one, just based on my perspective, again, of being a Sheffield Wednesday fan, I can really see Forestieri moving on from Sheffield Wednesday. Another player, he's only got six months left on his contract, uh, not playing a lot for Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, He's been injured. He's had a six-game ban this season also. Uh, He is a talent, but I think it's got to the stage where he probably won't be offered another contract with Sheffield Wednesday in the summer, so I wouldn't be surprised if a team came in and paid about one and a half to two million pound in January, uh, and and took him off our books and and offered him an eighteen month contract. and And with that, I'd, I'd believe it could be a team, you know, like uh, even a Le- even Leeds, for example. um, You know, Enketi has gone back to Arsenal. Um, He's got that South American link with Bielsa. Um, like I say, Forestieri isn't the best player anymore, but he's still very creative and can produce a bit of magic. So um, a team like Leeds is, like I say, just an example, but he, uh, it would make sense for... A million pound move and, and getting him for a, you know an eighteen month contract. So they're the players that I've chosen. Uh, but that takes us nicely, Jake, into previews and predictions. It seems like there's a massive gap in the championship games with the FA Cup fixtures. So the next ones are uh, this upcoming weekend. So the first fixture. We've picked three fixtures, obviously, that are key. The first one we'd like to preview and predict is Blackburn versus Preston, which takes place on Saturday, the 11th at three o'clock. What are your thoughts on that one, Jake?
1: Yeah, it's going to be a big game for, for both teams, obviously. Preston have failed to win their last four, um, dropped out of those playoff spots. Blackburn are on a similar run, so both teams in desperate need of a win, Um I think I'm going to tip Preston for this one. I think they're going to bounce back. I've been quite impressed with them over overall in the season. Uh, a little bit inconsistent, but I think they're, they're ones that I'd, I'd expect to push on and really challenge for that top six. So, yeah, I think they're going to go to Blackburn and win.
0: Yeah, it's difficult, this one, because they've both um, not won in four games, I believe. Um, and they've both lost two and drawn two in those four games yeah that's correct so i've gone for a draw um i'm going to go one one in this i know both sides really need to get back to winning ways but i'm um you know usually confident of blackburn i home, but preston you know again are one of the better sides in the league so i've i've gone for drawing this one uh, another one down at the bottom you could say again a, a six pointer there's uh, loads of sides playing each other down in near the relegation zone at the minute so again three o'clock kick off barnsley versus huddersfield jake what's your prediction for that
1: yeah i don't think it's going to come as much of a surprise i was quite big on on barnsley earlier i think huddersfield have been pretty good under the cowleys but they you know last time out they conceded five um mm-hmm. they're not as good away from home i don't think um so yeah i think they're think this is definitely one that Barnsley could target for a win um, and i think they're going to do that i think the they're, they're, the positivity's building there they got a good win in the fa cup and i think they're going to going to get a big win at home at the week and see so yeah, i want to tip barnsley
0: yeah, I am as well. I think Barnsley, we know, can play some really good football. I think, you know, even under the new manager, they've lost the last game on New Year. But before that, they're on a great run of form. And I think, I think they'll edge it, yeah. I think that they'll win this 1-0. One, one uh, so like you, I agree with that. I think Barnsley will get three points. And then the big game on uh, Sunday, uh, 12 o'clock kickoff, is the uh, derby between Cardiff and Swansea. Uh, what's your prediction for that?
1: Yeah, this is going to be a, a really, really big game. Um, Cardiff had been okay under Neil Harris. They'd had an initial berth and they'd been solid. Got that big win away to Wednesday, but I think they surprised everybody when they went and lost 6-1 against QPR. Um, yeah. But still, they're only four points off that playoff. Um, and then Swansea are that team. So Swansea win at the weekend. They'd go seven points clear of Cardiff. So one that Cardiff really have to win. Um, I think with Swansea, they've... See, I was really impressed with them at the start of the season and I haven't really been that impressed with them when I've seen them, but they've been picking up results, um, and that can be quite important. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the one or draw. Um but I've got to say I'm probably more confident to tip a Swansea. I'm leaning towards Swansea, but I'll go for the one or draw.
0: Okay, I'm leaning the other way. I'm leaning towards Cardiff and I'm leaning only based on it expecting a tight game um and i just think based on that defeat that cardiff have, they're really going to tighten up the defense you know I, I really do think it was a one-off under harris you know it's it was just one of those games uh taking nothing away from qpr uh but at home i'm, I'm gonna go with cardiff I, again i think well both sides have been so inconsistent again this season um yeah, and again, with it being the derby, I'm just going to go with the home side. I'm going to go 2-1 to Cardiff uh, in that fixture. Uh, but unfortunately, Jake, uh, that's that for that, this episode. If you'd like to let our listeners know where they can find you now, it be a good time.
1: Yeah, you can get me on Twitter at Jack with two Ns. Uh, I appear on this show and I appear on the uh, Premier League show sometime on this channel, so check that one out.
0: Yeah, and I've been your host at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter if you want to find me on there. Uh, but please remember to follow the show at Championship Pod uh, on Twitter where we upload each show to our pin tweet. So you can check that out. Please subscribe if you haven't already done so via iTunes or ACAST or your you know, p- preferred uh, location for picking podcasts. Uh, but we want to thank you all for listening and we will catch you next time.